In today's episode, we are talking about one of the most important types of content you should be creating no matter which platform you work on. You're listening to JFDI with the two Lauras. Welcome to the show. If you're a regular listener, you'll know that we have worked in marketing for far too many years to admit. So we have seen pretty much every fad. We've seen platforms come and go. We've seen trends build up and then die a death. And we've tried more new features than hot dinners. But one thing that never changes is the need to get more eyeballs on your business. And the easiest way to do that is with shareable content. So that's what we're talking about on the show today. What makes your content shareable, how to do it, and how sometimes more shares actually leads to more problems. Before we get into all of that good stuff, though, we would love to know where you're listening from. So take a screenshot or a selfie and tag us on your socials. We are at the two Lauras on all channels. Okay, Laura Davis, you are the queen of shareable content. So let's kick off with why is this type of content so important? Well, uh, first of all, I should say thank you for that uh, <laughs> title. I think in very basic and very simple forms, if you can create shareable content, it means that your content is going to get in front of new people, new audiences. And therefore, in very simple terms, that means that people hopefully will come and follow you. Um, And when it's done right, it can be such an asset to your business. And, you know, I've had quite a bit of success with it with all of my clients. No, No, that's a lie. I haven't had success with it with all of my clients. I've had great success with it with my clients who were willing to do it and willing to embrace the fact that we were maybe having to create content that they didn't really understand why we were using that kind of content, if that makes sense. Yeah. I worked with a brilliant business lady called Sarah Rossi, who um, she has a business called Taming Twins. And I started work, I've actually worked with her in my previous life. um, And she was my first ever client as a social media marketer and her aim was to grow her Facebook page and Facebook was always my favorite platform and kind of still is and I knew how to market a business but she wanted she wanted rapid growth and basically at the time she was working with a lot of brands she needed good numbers you know she wanted she didn't only want high follower numbers but she wanted our content to be be reaching big numbers. And when I started working with her, she had a following of about 9,000. So she, you know, she'd done all right. You know, we all know Facebook is not easy. So she'd done all right, but we, we kind of sat down and said, right, what do we need to do to get this content more shareable? And luckily she is a brilliant content creator. So that did make my life a lot easier. The only problem with her content is that it makes you really hungry. I'll just say. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's all food. It's like, and it's amazing food. Like I, she, well, she still does live very local to me. So I used to go around there and was able to eat some of the stuff. Oh, joy. Anyway, and um, she, yeah, she's a very clever woman. Very, very uh, good businesswoman. Very savvy. You know, she's, so she was so up for doing whatever it took. And, you know, I would go away to her and say, right, well, we need this, you know, who is our audience? And we used to spend so much time talking about her audience 
so much time. And I cannot stress enough, if you want to create shareable content, you you cannot do that if you don't know who your audience is. And that rinse and repeat, like we would often meet up again and think, right, how, is, is this still who we want to be reaching? Has this changed? Do we know more about this person? Let's go and look. And we used to look back at all the posts that had done well and try and figure out why they went well. And so she was able to create shareable content and she used to create content which would be viewed by millions of people, millions and millions of people. I think one of the videos well it's probably a lot more than this now but it was over like 15 million on Facebook and we saw a lot of growth that way but we knew that you know she couldn't keep producing these videos at the rate that we needed them because we were posting once or twice a day and so I needed to kind of supplement that content with other content that would also work with those goals in mind. So I would then create content which I knew would resonate with that target audience. And it did help that I wasn't probably completely fall, fell into her target audience, but I had a lot of similarities. So it was a lot easier that I really kind of understood the audience from that perspective. And and so I had to create content that complemented her main kind of brand content, but also do the job that I was there to do. And within a couple of years, we'd grown from 9,000 followers to 90,000. And she's well into the 100,000 now. Like I don't work with her anymore. And then she's replicated that exact same strategy on her Instagram. And she's, I actually don't know. I think she's 250,000 followers now. Like it's been incredible to watch her and she's smashing it on TikTok as well. And I think it's important to say as well, it's not just all about her follower numbers, is it? It's really helped her business as a whole. It's not just that she's got loads of followers. She's got a book deal. I've ordered her book. You know, she's like smashing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is incredible. And, you know, the traffic she gets to her website is like amazing. Like it's, yeah, it isn't just social. So it it can be brilliant and it can work really, really well. But you have to know your audience, and I'll just stress that one more time. But you also have to be prepared to create content that your audience wants to see, not what you want to say. Have you ever had a brand who has not wanted to do that? Yeah. So after the success of um, Taming Twins, I did have a lot of people come to me and say, well, I I want that. And there was actually two, actually. (laughs) One said, I want that. And then when I went to check out their page, they were paying for followers and still paying for followers. And I was like, "Uh -uh, no way. You know, it's not going to work. You haven't even got a baseline of an audience to start with. And then the other one was in a similar industry to Sarah. So I told them everything that we would need to do. I kind of wrote their strategy. I spent ages talking to them about what it meant to create shareable content and why it was so important and how their current, I had to be quite careful, (laughs) but how their current content was not shareable and how they could make it shareable, which was totally possible, but they weren't prepared to make that change. They weren't prepared to change how they created their content and they weren't prepared for me to have the kind of freedom that Sarah gave me to create the kind of additional content which would complement theirs and you know so it it was let's say it was a short-lived short-lived contract because 
you know, they had huge goals. Great. I'm like all four people who are really motivated and have goals and, you know, and they weren't unrealistic either, but yet they weren't prepared to do what was needed. And you see it all the time, don't you? The people who go, who have like viral content, the people who have shareable content are the people who just do content, which is just that little bit different but it's very, very much targeted to the right people. If you're not prepared to do that, then your content is unlikely to go viral. Yeah. And I think a lot of these businesses that do really well with, in terms of like getting shares and getting like high views and also influencers as well, not just businesses, they then get approached by the brands, don't they, for the brand deals. And they want to kind of ride on the coattails of that. Have you ever had that kind of come up? Yeah, a couple of people I've worked with who have worked with brands have had difficulties where they will, they'll want their product promoted in a certain way. And we in a client will go back and say, no, that's not going to work. We know what works for our audience. Um, We know what type of content works. So how about we do this? Or how about we do it like this? Or how about we put it with this video or how about we have this emotional spark to it you know and they know we're not doing that it's got to be you know what these big brands are like they're yeah it's got to be a certain way they've had approval that it has to be positioned outside on a rock in this in the rain you know there's no there's no creativity allowed and it just doesn't work. And, you know, and I do think, you know, this was a long time ago now. We're talking probably six years ago, seven years ago, if not longer, actually, <laughs> worryingly. And I do think brands are better now in terms of working. You know, they've seen the success of things like Reels and TikToks. And I do think that has allowed much more creativity with kind of influencers and businesses who are working in that kind of way with product partnerships. But I think it all comes back to creating content that you know your audience wants to see, not creating content that you want to say. And if you can do that, then you're onto a a winner. Okay, so before we get onto how to actually do that and how to create really good shareable content, we want to ask you a favour. If you're listening and enjoying the show, we want to hear from you. So, scroll down wherever you're listening, leave us a review. Um, All you need to do is scroll down, tap the five stars and let us know what you love about the show. We cannot wait to read your comments. And you can do that while we're talking about how you can actually make your content shareable. So Laura, I'm going back to you, seeing as you are, and I'm going to compliment you twice in this podcast, the queen of shareable content. What's the first thing we need to think about? Well, you have got to make content that your audience wants to see. There is no point just creating content of what their business wants to say, because that is not what your audience always wants to hear. And obviously that's a sweeping statement. There may be a small amount of overlap there, but you have got to create that content. And I like, do I need to say that one more time in this No, I think we get it. You need to know your audience and you need to create content that the audience wants to see. Well done. You've been listening. (laughs) But I think on that point as well, you also need to create content that your audience wants to share with their audience. Yeah. It's like hanging that picture on their whole wall, isn't it? They want that picture. If someone was to walk into their house 
they need to be proud of the picture that's hung on their wall. Like I see loads of um, slight diversion. I see loads of ads on socials about um, pictures and they're all like got effing and jeffing in them, which I love because as most people know me, I have a potty mouth. But I know I could not put that on my hall wall because it doesn't look great. I obviously couldn't do it anyway because I've got young kids, but um, it doesn't look great. It's not you know, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't buy those pieces of art for my hall wall. And it's the same for your shareable content. If you had some content that, for example, uses loads of swear words, is your target audience going to share that? You know, maybe they are parents and have got kids who are maybe on social. Like I've got, I'm conscious now that my nieces follow me on Instagram. So I constantly are trying to bite my tongue. You know, it's that same thing. You know, are they going to share content that's full of swear words? Are they going to share content that just doesn't look good? You know, it's not on, it's not on brand. We're all so used to stories, to especially on Instagram, to sharing to stories and it doesn't last for very long. But on all the other platforms, when you share something, it's there for a good amount well, of yeah. time. Yeah. So you do need to be happy that someone's going to associate you with that if you share something, don't you? Yeah. Totally. So just have a think about that when you're creating this content. Like, will someone want to hang that piece of content on their whole wall? Obviously, yeah. figuratively so, speaking. So what is it that actually makes someone share? Well, I'll start off by doing the two things that I, well, the three, probably three main reasons that I share content, but I do think this is across the board. I share content that I think will help other people, mm-hmm. as in it might be, like they announced that the schools are striking. I shared that because I thought, right, there might be people who need to know this. Like everyone suddenly had to try and find bloody annual leave and let's not go off on a on a tangent with that one. But so I shared that because it was timely. Like I thought this might help people. So I'm going to share it and so people can see it. And um, so newsworthy things and timely things that I'll share. I share things that will make people feel good normally humor is is the the way that I would do that but obviously there's lots of people who will share like motivational quotes but like don't all go out and just start putting motivational quotes on your (laughs) socials please but um you know I do that by trying to make people laugh I share a lot of memes that's my personality so that's the kind of thing I would share but I do think people share things that make them look good Um, And we've given the examples before about people will share content that they've been to the gym. Like we, like we talk about it. Well, I talk about this a lot, you know, if you've been to the gym, has it really happened? If you haven't put it on social media, it's that whole kind of thing. Mm. So if you were like a a personal trainer, you could create content that taps into that, that, so they could share it. And by them, the people who've been to the gym can share it, but, because they're sharing it they're saying look everybody I've been to the gym and this you know I get this this is me and it makes people look good it is kind of showing the positive attributes of people without them having to say it especially you know we're terribly British over here aren't we as well we're probably the worst we couldn't just go out there and say I am good because xyz so if someone said it for you in a graphic for example you can just share that onto your you know, Facebook profile or onto your stories. And it's kind of someone else being nice about you without you having to say it yourself. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I think as well, like 
it's very similar. I think you also share things that make you look like educated or clever. Yeah. You know, like, especially if you're in like the social media space, that's the sort of content that probably other people would share if it makes them look clever and makes them look yeah. like they know what they're talking about. So like we could create content and we have to create content where we say social media managers are an asset to your business because mm. X, Y, Z. Yeah. That will get shared. Social media managers will share that because it's easier for them to share our piece of content than them say that themselves because yeah. we're not very good at, you know, promoting ourselves and bigging ourselves up. Um, but if we were to have created content that says social medias are okay, but, you know, you can live without them, no one's going to share that, are they? Obviously, no, exactly. no one's going to share that. So just think about what people will share that makes them or their industry look good and it positions them well the other thing that i think is a good way to get people to share your stuff is be by being much more specific so you're not looking at kind of viral sharing you're looking at key people sharing your content and that is flattery you know so we've talked about this before on our social proof training our social media marketing training program and if you're a social media marketer and you only want to work with businesses local to you you could share a post that says the, the best social media content I've seen in Worcestershire this week. And you're tagging those brands and you're putting it in your stories and then and you're making it easy for them to share. Because what that will do is obviously that will flatter those individual people and they'll be like, oh, who are you? This is nice. Thank you very much. And that's great for your relationship building. But also it will make the people who follow those brands go, well, hang on a minute. Who's this woman to be saying what's good or not good? And let me go and check her out. And how can I get on her radar? Because I want her to share my stuff as well. And and so then they'll start paying attention to your content because that's going to tell them all about how to make good social media content. And it's that, you know, so flattery will get you everywhere as, as the saying goes. But I think I'd really you know, caveat that with approach with caution. Don't just start spam tagging everybody. Like I've seen, I saw a great one the other day, actually, from one of our members, um, CJ. She was, and she does it quite often now, I think, where she um, looks at ads from lots of different brands and she'll talk about what's good and what's not good and she'll tag them. And I think that's great because yeah. they'll see that and whether they share it or not, because they may be brands that have got social media marketers and, you know, they're bigger brands. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. I don't know, especially because she critiques them as well. But it's a brilliant way to get in front of other people. Yeah, you see that a lot on Twitter, people doing yeah. that a lot. And it gets loads and loads of shares. because And also comments because people want to have their opinion on things like that, don't they? Yeah. Oh, yeah. People love to share an opinion. Oh, they really yeah. do. Yeah. So like, there, there are lots of different ways that you, you know, yes, there's obviously, I think shareable content is the same when it's sad and when it's shocking and when it's traumatic. And, and when it's like, like newsworthy, people want to be like the first person to share, don't yeah. they? Like when a celebrity dies, everyone wants to be the first person yeah. to share that to their, their Facebook page or whatever, yeah. don't they? You've, you know, obviously with all of the more negative emotions that are involved with shareable content, you know, obviously you've just got to think, is this right? Is this on yeah. brand? And do you want to make be making people feel sad and traumatised? And, um, you know, and we saw that through the pandemic, you know, how people shared content and how some people were sharing it on their personal profiles, but they were choosing not to share it on their their you know, business profiles, et cetera. And that's, you know, for obvious reasons. So, you know, I think 
it all comes down to those emotional sparks, isn't it? The emotional reactions that content create within us. And there are going to be, and I'm not going to say it's easy for everybody, there are going to be content creators or brands that this is a hell of a lot easier for than others. Yeah. But it's possible for all, you know, you've only got to see, certainly with the, you know, with TikTok in the last couple of years, how how some businesses, which in theory could be quite boring, how they've really kind of changed their or let their creativity go. And it's had, you know, it's, it's, it's been brilliant to watch. And, but that doesn't just have to happen on TikTok. And I think using creativity and just thinking outside the box and trying to do things differently, there is opportunity for everybody to create shareable content you know, whether it goes viral is a different thing. You know, you need to always err on the caution of trying to go viral. But I do think everybody has shareable content in them. Every business, you just need to think about what your audience wants to see and what your audience will feel good about sharing. So on that note, then what wouldn't somebody share? Well, I think like, for example, so I wouldn't like I had this conversation with an aesthetics business once who I think um, I did some um, training with and they, for example, they do cellulite treatment. So if they put content out that talks about cellulite, I am not going to share that. Yeah, because I don't fairly sure it goes without saying that I've got a cellulite but I'm not going to put that on my socials I don't think I? people can see that on a podcast so now you've just told the well, world well, <laughs> you, know, but, yeah, you but might I'm as well have po- just shared the post I'm all right with it I'm okay with it I'm at peace with it and I'm not going to get it out but um anyway. and you're not going to share the post on Facebook <laughs> no and I'm not going to share the post on Facebook anything that doesn't focus on positive attributes of people either from a business perspective or a personal if obviously depending on whether you're b2b or b2c but anything like that people won't share anything that doesn't make them look good you know like things about weight loss like you know like i see people like slimming world people will put on socials you know cleopatra has lost uh her Poor cleopatra fir- again <laughs> she's lost one stone and I always think, I wonder whether Cleopatra shares that. I wonder if she's like some people obviously would be really proud of that and would share it, but, but I, I, I wouldn't. And because we're all different, obviously. So I think, yeah, anything that kind of highlights negativity around ourselves or our business, like probably isn't going to um, be shareable. Yeah, that's like if we were to create content on our socials and we wanted it shared we wouldn't for example create a post where it's like about (laughs) slagging off people who hire social media managers and talking about nightmare clients social media managers wouldn't share a post that's about a nightmare client but they probably would like it they probably would comment on it because it's funny they would probably go in our dms and have a conversation with us about it but they wouldn't share it because then their clients might see it and think hang on a minute are they talking about me and am i a nightmare client they wouldn't share that, would they? But it doesn't mean it's not still good content to put out there for other reasons. No, and and, they, and that raises a really good point, Laura, in that you you can't just put, create some content and then go, oh, I wonder if this is going to be shared. You have to create shareable content with that goal in mind. You have to think, how can I make this shareable? Now, obviously, sometimes we'll, you put content out that loads of people share and that wasn't your intention and that's just a 
added bonus but if you're really trying to get some shareable content you need to be strategic about it and think you know what that is what I want my reaction goal to be so how am I going to create that content to to do that and you know so we will often yeah you know yes we'll often create content that talks about how clients can be a nightmare but but we know that, that that content is rarely going to get shared. And if it is, it's into like WhatsApp groups of, of social media managers or, yeah. you know, it gets shared in DMs with other people. It doesn't get shared onto people's content because they don't want their obviously potential clients to think that they're just slugging them off. <laughs> also, just like like nitpicking little things, like people wouldn't share something if it's got somebody else's face on it necessarily. Like if I was, yeah. if we were creating a, co- a post that was um, tips for like the best CTAs, for example, it's just the first thing I can think of off my head. If we had a graphic that was like the best CTAs for businesses, that might be shared. But if it had our photo on it, it's unlikely to be shared because well, the person d- who's sharing it wants it to look like that content's come from them, don't they? Yeah, we talked about, we tested this, didn't we? We tested, I can't remember what the actual content was now. This was probably about 18 months ago. Um, but we shared two pieces of content which were identical, like over a different, you know, a few weeks between the two. One had our face on and one didn't have our face on. But everything else was exactly the same, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and just to kind of prove that point that, you know, and obviously that's just one test. Mm. <laughs> I'm not saying this This is, you know, you might have to test it in different industries, but, you know, if you put, put someone's face on it, if you, if I share, so if, if I wanted to share something which was either really clever or like really great tips or just really funny, if I share it with the, the content creator's photo on that graphic, then it automatically takes away that, that it's me being funny or me being really clever. <laughs> And I'm not saying it's because I'm trying to steal someone's content. Obviously, I'm just sharing it. And often we'll tag the, the person, that the account I've shared it from because I, I want to say this is great content or this has really made me laugh or what have you. But I still don't want that initial response to be like I want it. I want people to think that I'm making them laugh, not somebody yeah. else or or whatever the the point of the post was so and like on instagram for example obviously i think it depends on what platform you're creating this this shareable content for but like on instagram if all of the great stuff about that content that made it shareable was in the caption and Mm. not in the image people are not going to share it because they're not no one's going to see it and it's going to be sharing a random image that no one's going to go and click and read the same on a post on Facebook and LinkedIn. If the shareable part is in the bulk of the copy, you know, it could have no image on it and that's fine. But the bulk of what's shareable is in the main copy. But the when you share a post on the platform, you only see the first three lines, for example, it's going to be harder for that to continue to be shared. So it might be shared once. So mm-hmm. you might share my content, Laura, but then your followers might not click see the point they see the first three three lines and the hook isn't taking them through that that copy so then they it doesn't go any further than that so you have to think and this is you know we're talking very granular very specific now but think what does this look like when it's shared um because it's like if you share a carousel and someone shares that to stories and they're only sharing that first obviously the first graphic on the start of the carousel for example and the real juicy shareable part of that is on slides two three four five and six 
you know, it's sometimes very hard. It, yes, it will get shared because someone will say, this is great content, go and read it. But we all know how lazy people are. And if that first slide of the carousel hasn't hooked people to go and click the link and go and have a look at it, then it's unlikely that that will have as big an impact. Yeah, we could go into this for so like yeah. this could be a really long podcast if we keep talking about all of the different things that you need to do. But I think some of the the key things that you probably need to do to get started with this is just look at your past content, like what's worked before. What could you try and turn into some shareable content from what you've already done before? Um, because if a if a post has worked for for one reason and got loads of comments, is there a way that would that you could tweak it that it would make it shareable? You know, there probably is. Uh, but in order to do that, obviously, you need to pay attention to your stats. And when you're using platforms like Instagram, you can't necessarily look back and see those in the in the UK, especially if you're listening from um, elsewhere, you may be able to see those stats. But in the UK, we can't see those stats unless that story is still live. So you need to pay attention. You need to find out what, you know, how many people are sharing it, why they're sharing it and what have you. And also remember that people share off of the platform. So there will be a lot of invisible shares. Like I screenshot things and put them in Slack to Laura all the time. Yeah. I said, WhatsApp messages, like we, you know, we set, share things in different ways. So you can't actually track everything, but that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be focusing on this as a big part of your strategy. It's really uh, important. Yeah. And I just think, you know, to, to wrap up really in that, Shareable content and viral content, you know, obviously it's talked about a lot and everyone says, I want to go viral is one of the things that businesses will often say to social media marketers. But uh, trust me, like I have worked with a client who went viral and they were not able to cope and it was actually really detrimental to their business because they suddenly went from having you know, a couple of inquiries a week would be a good week to having thousands and they couldn't deal with it. And people were getting annoyed. They were getting negative feedback on Facebook and I think on their like Google reviews and things. And it wasn't great. It wasn't pretty. So, you know, just be careful what you wish for, I'd say. It's yeah, not make sure your positive. client's kind of prepared should anything really work. Yeah. Ideally, you'll be working with clients who are kind of prepared for that success anyway. But yeah, just bear that in mind. Yeah. I think it's worth saying as well, like Laura is the queen of shareable content, but shareable content is not easy. It takes no. a lot of time, doesn't it? And a lot of testing. And yeah. when you were talking about working with Taming Twins, like that wasn't overnight success, was it? There was a no. lot of testing and a lot of conversation around it. You already talked about like how many times you would go back and look at the audiences and things. But once you had kind of uncovered that formula that worked for them, you could kind of go deep on it and rinse and repeat it because you understood it. So it's that, yeah. that first part of the, the hard part, I guess, of actually getting started with the shareable content is, and a lot, a lot of people would probably like give up at a certain point, wouldn't they? Yeah, you've got to be in it for the long haul and that's for sure. And, and But then also not kind of rest on your laurels either. You know, we would forever think, okay, we've nailed this, we've nailed it. And then like a month later, that same content wasn't working anymore and we had to kind of not start again, but we have to make tweaks and changes to again, find out what it was that was actually making people press that share button. So you can't give up on it. You've just got to keep going, I think. We'd love to know how you are getting on creating this kind of content. So come and let us know in our Facebook community, which is the Social Media Managers Hub. You can just come directly to the thesocialmediamanagershub.com. And we'll be back next week. And in the meantime, keep working on that content. 
Toodle pip. Ta-ra. Adios. Bye. <laughs>